0: in the ghetto or in the street, suburban chic, stay magnificent. cash or check every other week, working night and day so the kids can eat, but they want kicks in every three players, name brand jeans and six cell phones, the ones that rock the loudest ring tones. if they don't get it, then they can't leave home, singing my gigabytes big, it ain't yours, it's an arms race for the newest toys, spread through the girls, cartoons boys, welcome to the new funk.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Blackball, my name is James D. Fury, and um, today I have the esteemed honor of introducing a person who I met, I guess it must be like 20 years ago now, um, through a friend. I had a friend uh, named Nigel Williams, still have a friend named Nigel Williams, um, who is the front man, was the front man of uh, an amazing band called The Pocket Dwellers. And he introduced me to a lot of people back then that were sort of doing the grind in Toronto. And one of them, is my next guest his name is Fat Al and what I really like about Fat Al is that he was the first guy I ever saw with a cape on in public and I was like yeah all right (laughs) that works for me Fat Al how are
0: you All good how are you doing
1: I'm doing well man I haven't seen you in a long time and I remember one time that I saw I don't think this was the last time but you might remember this so your name is fat al my my name is james and we were walking across at spadina and like queen and we we ran into each other halfway across the street and you looked at my stomach and you're like oh we've traded places because you had like dropped 100 pounds at the time so i was like fat james and you were just like al <laughs> at
0: that don't worry I, got, I i found every one of those that i dropped i picked yeah. them all, all back up all back you up. know what's
1: funny is that that day I remember thinking to myself when I left the house. You know what? You're too good to suck in your stomach. And then, <laughs> no. boom! Fat Al's just like, "You better suck in your motherfucking
0: stomach." <laughs> uh, re- reverse my position on that. Push it out.
1: Push it yeah, out. Yeah, just push it out as far as you can. Um, listen, man, you are one of the most hardest working musicians I think I've ever met. Uh, you're you were always grinding no matter what. Jazz fest. You're like the you're basically the unofficial headliner at every beaches jazz fest. Like people crowd around your stage and are just like, this guy's amazing. Um, Where did you get that work ethic from? Like, like, was that passed down from a parent or was it just like, were you just laser focused uh, on your music and you were just like, this is what I have to do.
0: No, I definitely got that from my mom. Uh, uh, Growing up, my, my mother, I mean, she, she went to school and uh worked like three jobs uh and my mom and dad weren't together but my dad was a carpenter so he was always like he worked with his hands and worked really hard also but just really seeing my mother like like become a nurse and take care of us and at the same time try to like instill in us like listen you you work hard you can also uh like go on a vacation (laughs) type of type of thing uh she she really. Kind of showed us that like, you know, as hard as you work, as uh, you will be rewarded, right? But also work smart. My 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 mother was a very uh, astute person in terms of like getting some real estate and stuff. And at a time where we were coming up, that it was like, why, why do you need to get a second house <laughs> type of thing? It's like, <laughs> I'm renting that one out. And they're like, what? Oh, Does it make any sense? It's like, you know, very forward. Thing, <laughs> very forward. Yeah. Thing. Thinking, she was house hacking before it was even called house hacking. We had people living in the basement and stuff like it was. uh, It was very interesting growing (laughs) up. You know, we had people
1: living in the basement. Yeah, don't
0: Don't go to the basement now. Don't go to the basement. We were like the only people on the on the block that was like, yeah, our our tenants and like you have tenants. Like I don't know, that's what they're called. The people live in the basement. (laughs) Uh, Scarborough is that where you grew up? Yeah, whereabouts? Uh, So uh, we left we were in Ontario housing, uh, in, in North York at Wakanda place. I don't know if you know, uh, Wakanda down by Dallas road is kind of a rough, uh, neighborhood. And we moved out to, um, right behind Kennedy station. So we were like on Kennedy and Eglinton, literally behind Kennedy station. So they used to have this big fence at Kennedy station and we were like, then train tracks, then our house. Uh, so people would cut through our, um, our yard and like, cut a hole in that fence. Every, like, three months, they'd patch that fence up. Within a day, somebody would come with bolt cutters, cut through it because it was, like, the easiest way to get to Kennedy Station. You,
1: you weren't working hard enough. You could have charged, like, a loony. Come on through. Come on through.
0: We got the bolts. <laughs> come through. We got, we got the bolt cutters. You we're Where'd part have... of the TTC.
1: <laughs> yeah. How many times, then, did you – you must have a lot of good memories um, taking that train downtown to go to a gig, then. Like, that must have been, like, constant for you.
0: You know what? Uh, I actually went to Central Tech um, for high school. Right. I was supposed to go out here in Scarborough, and I was like, uh, my dad lived downtown, and so I got used to like going downtown to where he lived. He used to live near Christie Pitts. So I, around you know high school age, I was like, no, nah, I want to go to school downtown. Like That's where the action is. So I would take the train every morning uh, from Kennedy to Bathurst and then uh, hang out with my friends until as late as I possibly could and then come home. So... I was constantly on the train so so gig nights would be interesting only because uh after like two o'clock you're taking the blue uh line bus back to scarborough yeah. and it would be like oh. every the vomit every comment. yeah yeah i remember yeah, that every, everybody I can who still smell it right now um, i can smell the vomit. oh vomit. the smell oh, okay. the smell of, of vomit in, <laughs> in there because there's everybody coming from the clubs at that time like eh, yeah. yeah piled Barfing up, the, up uh, jerk bus. chicken
1: and cocaine it
0: like, was that uh, it was it was a scene, man.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. I just saw a clip the other day. I don't know if you saw it, but there was a TTC worker filming two drunk people on his bus when the yes. bus was out of service, and he got fired. And I'm just sitting here at home, like, does anyone remember the vomit comment? It was yeah. like that
0: every single night All for like two that decades. Was... Also, <laughs> you know? like, they were so laid out that that like, I think you know, I think what what got him fired was his commentary. Cause he was, he
1: was commentary like. Commentary was the best
0: part. It was it was hilarious. It was like, <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> he if 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 in one point of that commentary he'd just be like, are you okay? I think everybody would have been like, oh. but he was like, look at these two oh yeah. my god <laughs> what did you floor, did a
1: pizza is you that get... pizza on the floor <laughs>
0: <laughs> they've had too much to drink man they've been drinking I was like okay uh you this did vomit
1: that... brought to you by king
0: slice <laughs> king slice <laughs> yeah we get like pizza again. i think they're okay or they're gonna be fine i think yeah because <laughs> you know people are like well did you go over there and take their pulse and make sure that they I was like no they're drunk like they're fine I, I, As I'm
1: I'm talking to you right now, I'm thinking of all these things. I was like, I'm trying to retrieve memories of fat out and I have one. I'm going to be delicate about it because I'm one of those guys that doesn't care about mentioning your name, but I don't want to cause any flack for you, but maybe you'll remember who I'm talking about. Um, Someone got a little bit too big for their britches and you knew this person and this person came up to you and he's like, was like, excuse me, sorry, who are you? And you're like, it's fat out because you were like, you know who I am.
0: You know who oh, i'm chaos. talking about is that is that, yeah. the, is that the, one? <laughs> the one kevin <laughs> kevin yeah yeah uh,
1: yeah <laughs> i i was like i don't want to like uh, talk about kevin you know necessarily but like there is an interesting thing like for i'll give you an example um I, i've had this podcast for about a year i've had like noam chomsky on and like some big names like uh, like even in weird places like science like lawrence krauss and just these names that like are big on the internet you know who the only person that's turned me down so far? Kevin.
0: Um, was it
1: Jay-Z? <laughs> Jay-Z said yes. No,
0: he didn't. He didn't <laughs> then Kevin.
1: <laughs> I do that once in a while, though. I asked, like, like I, the other day, I was like, well, he doesn't really talk to anybody, but maybe Daniel Day-Lewis will answer me. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like, once a day, I'm just like, give me a top-tier celebrity, and I'll just ask him to come to my podcast, and we'll see what happens. So every day, that's what I do. No one says yes. <laughs> like they're like oh canada eh? oh you're ranked yeah. 150th in your category in canada oh okay
0: listen this, this is the town square so uh at the end of the day it's like this is the most direct line to talk to people and yeah. if you still want to be left in the old guard of getting on no no shade entertainment tonight or something like that i'm like great uh gloss me up but like i rather just have like a real conversation you know
1: yeah yeah exactly so and i i Approached you in two thousand and three um, at Nigel's actual uh, referral to be a part of that Eat the Beat thing, yeah. um, where you were you were you were basically the the intro. Um, I remember all your lines because I remember every because I watched that fucking thing like a thousand times. I'm sure trying it, to get it right. everything. I was
0: insane. Oh my god! So many was- that,
1: yeah, there were so many things that went wrong with that. Like uh, just to give the audience a, an idea, I, I created this idea where it was like. Uh, freestyle MCs would stand in front of a screen that flashed these like 3D graphics and the rapper had to freestyle based on the shit that he sees float across the screen. I called it front-proof freestyling and I thought it was like a good way to get into the modern age because they were still doing shit back then with pulling shit out of a hat or something like that, which is fine. It's old school. I liked the way it was done way back in the day when people would just take a, rec- a bunch of records out of a crate and just like flashcards and yeah. the rapper would freestyle based on whatever he saw in front of him. Um, I'm bringing all this up because uh, I'm very confused. When I grew up, when we grew up, a freestyle had a definition. Yeah. And it was thinking of rhymes off the top of your head in that moment and spitting them out of your fucking mouth. Yeah. And then something happened and I don't know what happened. It was like like Biff from Back to the Future. It was like cannabis or something went back in time and changed the (laughs) definition of a freestyle (laughs) so that he could be down or something. And it became like, well, if, if no one's ever heard the verse before, then, then, then yeah, it's a freestyle. Yeah. Can you tell me what the fuck happened there? Like, wh- wh- did I miss something?
0: The corporatization of, of this shit, man. I mean, it's like, so it, it's interesting because at the time when we were coming up, it was uh, um, you had to grind against the machine in a, in the sense of there were so many gatekeepers that were there. You constantly had to prove your worth to those gatekeepers so uh look i can freestyle i can write like think of a, a m meeting dr dre right like at that point in time a record deal had a whole different definition than it does now uh you, ha- you were shut out of like getting on mtv or much music you were shut out of getting on radio you were shut out of doing your uh, uh, making a music video like everything was cost prohibitive everything was controlled by uh, the major labels and, and then you have to get into that system, right? So you're constantly like, like I can dance. I can say, <laughs> you know, I can, I can freestyle. Now you, it's like, you're your own little corporation and you're walking in saying, look, this is my brand. We weren't, we weren't walking in with a brand. We were just walking in as like kids going like, can you tell me how I get onto your record label? Now we're walking <laughs> in and it's like, no, I need to be fully branded when I walk in. So I don't have time yeah. to make up a rap for you I need to make sure that when I'm in here the boutique is set up and I know what's gonna it's gonna look like because I got to put this on Instagram I gotta put this on you know myspace and into like in, into Facebook into Instagram into Twitter into IG right so it's it's one of those things where in a weird way they're way more sophisticated than we were and in their yeah. minds I is like yo I don't have time to look bad with a with a freestyle because I wasn't feeling it that day. I've got to deliver every single time because I'm my own boss right now. And my, I really do run my own like media company. Yeah,
1: it, it, I actually kind of hated it at the time, to be honest with you. Like if 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 someone were to like, you know, if two rappers saw each other at a party and figured out that they were rappers, there would always be that fucking guy like <laughs> in the corner to be like freestyle battle. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. why can't people just cypher? Yeah, <laughs> like cyphering was like, yeah Yeah. you know just like spit a verse like everyone was like it it went immediately from we've discovered rappers here let's battle like it was never like a peaceful and i i I don't know that bothered me about the scene a little bit because um and toronto's tough enough as it is it's not called the screw face capital for nothing like yeah you are um such a talent Uh, you know if guys if you know who god made me funky as you already know um if you don't I don't know what you've been doing, but but you need to go check them out. But you 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 know, your performance and you know the the substance that you bring on stage, you know, speaks for itself. Did you ever have to face screw well, you must have when you were young, um, face that sort of like this room? <laughs> yeah, know, like when you're like they wait for the best punchline ever and then they go like this? Wasn't bad.
0: Yeah. <laughs> look I mean, when it. I when I was first coming up, uh um I was pretty Effective uh, uh, of like so, I would do things that like uh, a lot of other rappers didn't do. So, for example, yeah, when I first started wearing a cape on stage, people would be looking at me like, "What are you doing?" And when I was first started, I was wearing like a uh, a red um, uh, sheet tied That's around a... my neck, right? Like, like it wasn't, it wasn't. And then later on, I got cape sewn into my clothes, which was just like
1: I I, I found it near Kennedy Station and just yeah, thought it looked good.
0: I, <laughs> I got the Canadian flag sewn into into a suit. Uh, jacket where I was wearing um, uh, white gloves, uh, and a, a, ha- a hat with horns, uh, with a cookie monster on the front, <laughs> right? oh. So, so <laughs> I'd show up and people would be like, What is this? <laughs> What's going on? Like, oh, the black Caliglia
1: on, on acid yeah. that's what that is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was like he, he, he's not the guy with the baggy, baggy jeans and stuff. <laughs> like, and, and then I have um, I had um, a mic stand. Uh, and I'd seen Freddie Mercury, uh, a performance of Queen. I think it was in Wembley Stadium or something. And he, seeing him with that half a mic stand, he would hold it like a scepter because then he'd put on the cape and the, uh, and the crown. And I'm like, yo, yeah. yo, I got to do that. So I got it. And at that time, that movie Drumline came out. And uh, I remember oh, right. the Nick Cannon and Drumline and they walk. And, you know, when they're walking with it, the batons and stuff. So I was like, what? I'm holding a baton. So I started. Did you throw that shit? Oh my gosh. I, I, that's my, that's my oh, jam. Like, take it. I, I,
1: I, I seem to remember this.
0: You did this a lot too, didn't you? Yeah. I would hold it like in between you. the thing. Yeah. I would take it, flip it around. Take Waiting the for off the off
1: salads the- to finish their set. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whoever. Oh, there yeah. Know. Right, you still keep it. in contact with any of the guys that like you used to, cause I don't know who you played with. I, I just guessed the salads, but like, uh, the, you know, the, we did. Yeah. I, I always thought there was like an ecosystem of bands like in Toronto and then, and you guys were part of it. Pocket 12s were part of it. Um, you know, um, uh, your favorite rapper wears a skirt. <laughs> Etern- Eternia, Eternia, Eternia. You know, she, she yeah. was kind of down with all that stuff back then. Do you, do you keep in contact with any of those up and comers that you were with like 15, 20 years ago?
0: You know what? Um, not as much. Most people have just aged out in the sense of like, they've got families and, and other responsibilities. Uh, but I know, like, 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 people haven't like stopped doing it. It's just they have stopped doing it uh, as much. And like, you're right. It's a grind, right? Like, um, uh, we were coming up at this weird time that was kind of like the end of the record um, um, uh, power of the record industry otherwise
1: known as the ivan Berry era Picard. exactly right so you were in this
0: like like hey do i go to ivan or do i put this record out on cd <laughs> myself ivan's <laughs> like
1: and ivan's like i'm very busy i'm only signing tom green this year
0: yeah
1: <laughs> so, i can't <laughs> believe look, the industry sucks here
0: like, he, uh, you know <laughs> ivan went on to I, I can't remember the name of the uh, publishing company he he helped found which was like oh yeah great well yeah you know but at that time, I was like, "Do I do I want to sell you my publishing? No, I want to keep yeah. them myself, don't I? And I have that option. So yeah, it was a it, it's an interesting time because it was just before YouTube became a thing, and mm-hmm. just after I was like, "Oh, um, iTunes is, is out, and we can start distributing our own music. Wow, what's yeah. going on here? So a big shift, tectonic shift happened in that in that time, uh, and it was tough. It was it was tough to like navigate the technology that was coming out, which which for me I thought was amazing. I remember when MySpace came out, and we'd be on tour, and I could target the people in the different towns and be like, "Hey, we're in your town tomorrow. Come through." And then get out to like um, New Brunswick or uh, out in Halifax and stuff, and people be like, "Yeah, I got your message on MySpace, and that's why I came." Me being like, "Whoa!" Because before that, it was like. We had to like hire people to put up posters in in the city that we were going in. Yeah. Now I could really focus Gosh. on on that, so that was amazing uh, to me. But it was so new; everything was so new. And and
1: uh... hi, I'm Steve Yerko. and I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast for kids, Flashback. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids
0: flashback. Have you
1: ever thought I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Cundell, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, Matt at Network, Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Yeah, yeah I think we have a little bit of... I mean, I don't know if we would um i mean I, I think a lot of savvy artists that were in hip-hop and, and rock and stuff kind of followed the lead of electronic music artists because they were still dealing with the fact that no label were signing them so yes. everything they were doing was independent and yes. everything they were doing was online and um i happened to just in a very fluky way uh, i met this dude became his roommate and his roommate at the time <clears throat> our third roommate was like one of the biggest rape producers in uh in Toronto and I knew nothing about the scene. So as soon as I stepped into that apartment, all of a sudden I'm like backstage with Tiesto all cracked out on ecstasy going, Holy shit, this is pretty fucking cool scene. And they were doing stuff in the year 2000 and stuff that I, I had never seen before. Like they were, they were organizing their entire business, their brand
0: online with no help of any labels. And they were doing good, you know? Yeah. I mean, just think of the rave in and of itself. That's a concert that you put on by yourself. And remember you'd go to go to, and there'd be like, two to five thousand kids in I a know. field and you're like how, how how'd you get all these people like where yeah. do these people come from right and well, there was it was no, a culture yeah, yeah. and it, it wasn't like oh well Ticketmaster put this together for us. like a couple like you know shroom heads yeah. <laughs> tribe, the, tri- <laughs> like, the tribe like, message
1: yeah. board put this together yeah is what, is what yeah and it was what was cool about it too is that um until like two thousand and one or something, if you were at a rave and there was like a thousand people there in some fucking barn or farmland in Belleville or something, um, and and if someone got hurt, people helped them. <laughs> like oh, like yeah. there was, it was the most like like I, I I'm obviously too young to know what it was like in the sixties, but I think that was our generation's sixties, like in a way it's that sure. electronic music rave scene.
0: For sure, I yeah. mean those concerts you met so many different people from different places. Uh, but also just like, like as much as people think, oh, it was just drug fueled mania. We were all like, we were taking drugs that made us feel good. <laughs> like, like to touch each other and hug each other and be in the yeah. same place. What do you got against mean.
1: drugs? They make us feel good.
0: Yeah. It, it was, it was, well, it was kind of like at the at that, at that point where you're like, well, apparently parents say don't do these drugs. because, And you're like, well, have a little of this. Like, oh, I'll try it, but I, I don't know. And they're, whoa, I can see. Yeah. Jesus right <laughs> I, pe- I, I,
1: exa- I tell people well not but i tell people sometimes that um ecstasy actually it didn't make me discover empathy but it made me aware of it and then it made me never lose sight of it
0: that, like I mean, it stayed
1: with me like you know when i wasn't yeah, high anymore yeah, i was like never, empathy
0: eh? yeah and that, think of that like you went to the, you went to a, a a party out in the field to listen to a <laughs> sweat <laughs> yeah. like a pig Suck on a pacifier and dance with with uh, whoever's in in your vicinity, and this drug just made you feel good. Like you just yeah. felt good about the people around you, and it was, it was such a it was such a loving. <laughs> it's such a weird thing to say, but it's like a loving vibe, right? It was a really welcoming. Uh, vibe. It's a but difficult thing hit. for
1: people to understand if they a haven't never done any drug or whatever, or b just don't know what that scene was like. It was such yeah. a cool scene that, like, in the late '90s or whatever, you would be if there was. 2000 people it wouldn't matter you would be able to spot like a toupee the guys that had never been to a raid before that were there to like start trouble or pick up chicks and then they would just get escorted out (laughs) yeah (laughs) no guys probably shouldn't be here yeah people you haven't done anything yet but you're about to
0: you know because we were it was it was really about like it was weird it was like becoming part of this big beautiful organism right like we just Mm -hmm. all had like this, like we just want to have a, a good time. So it was it was very strange. And if you if you went there, and you know you have seen some like sh- 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 screw faces. it was like yeah. what's wrong with you? Oh, I you was actually thinking test- Gina <laughs> because I'm Italian.
1: I was like, yeah, you know those fucking Gina with the Le Chateau clothes and the cologne on <laughs> from the parking lot, right? Like those guys with it, their roofies in their in their pockets. <laughs> um. So I, I know you only have like five minutes or so, but um, take a get, Tell me how this happened because I know it's been a few years now, but it calls it a transition, but you just did uh, simultaneously. You went on, it says here, Fadel, on his transition from successful rap career to the second city stage, but you never stopped music though. Right. But like, tell me about how that happened and then whether or not it, it, you were able to balance music with it.
0: Uh, so exactly what we were talking about this, tra- uh, kind of the music industry changing uh, and me kind of like growing with it. But at the same time, as in uh, uh, God Made Me Funky, people were starting to get married, having kids. And I'm like, yo, we're going on tour and stuff. The touring started to to really take off. We toured Canada like eight times, side to side. And then we ended up in the States. And uh, kind of the, the, the last vestiges were, uh, we ended up like in Cincinnati. We played a couple um, festivals out there. Uh, we had one where Bootsy Collins had come the year before. We met Bootsy, uh, and then the next year um, uh, he came back, and we did a track for uh, one of his um, compilations and stuff. And I was like, "Oh my god! Like this is Bootsy Collins! Like if we keep yeah, he, doing this, like he seems like
1: a cartoon. Like like he literally he
0: like? is exactly how he is on TV. Like like oh, wow. he's, that's not a front. Jesus. That's not like." Like he's not like, hey, hey, baby. And then he's like, hello, my name is Bootsy Carl. Like, nah, it's like you <laughs> meet him like what the first time we met him, I somebody was like, Bootsy's here. And I'm like, Bootsy? Uh, you're gonna need to get a new name, buddy. There's already a Bootsy. And then I look over <laughs> star glasses, uh, a leather top hat, motorhead um <laughs> motorcycle vest uh, uh um jacket, uh, and like studs and like he was dancing in the back to God maybe Funky. And I was like, oh my God, that's Bootsy <laughs> Collins. I'm leaning over there, but like, that's Bootsy Collins. And we're all looking like that's actually Bootsy Collins. Then after the show, the promoter introduced us. And I was like, ah, uh, hey, Mr. Collins. Bootsy, baby. It's Bootsy. I'm like, oh my God, you're actually this person. Yeah, it was, uh, I always tell people, don't meet your heroes because you meet them you're like, oh, you're, well, gosh, I better love you from afar. Yeah, that'd be weird. it was like oh you're 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 bootsy everything i've seen about bootsy collins has just been bootsy so yeah it was uh uh yeah, you, you
1: you have ridiculous. to have a certain way about you to pull that off like do you ever meet those rappers who have like
0: the rapper voices like this and then the way they talk to you it's yes. like this still and
1: you're like but that's not your voice
0: yeah <laughs> right you're, like, i can see you putting it up yeah no yeah. it was uh it was very it was it was actually quite beautiful and also taught me like be you right. Like exp- express who you are. That's, that's like, that's a good thing. So, uh, but what was also happening was like, hip hop was, uh, was changing. Uh, but what changed for me was I went into second city, not knowing what it was. I was just told by somebody, it's like, Oh, it's like freestyle comedy. You freestyle. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that means. Went in, um, took their level a class fell in love. Cause it literally is uh comedy that is made up on the spot. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is exactly what I do. Uh, so, went through their whole ADE program. And uh, then I left to go back on tour with God Made Me Funky, came back, did their conservatory. And um, then I moved up and I got hired by them about a year and a half after the conservatory and moved up through their um, their company to the main stage where you then write a show based on oh. improvising scenes. So everything was just like I already like this is what I already do. this is so it felt so natural for me to, to slide into that as opposed to like stand-up comedy where you like you write, 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 refine, write, refine. this is you mm-hmm. improvise, 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 refine, improvise, refine, and then you write. Which for me was oh, like wow. that's how I write. That's a song. really
1: interesting. That's like a reverse yeah. engineering what people would
0: normally do. A thousand percent. And but that's what we do as as rappers, right? Like it's kind of like yeah. this weird thing is like, oh, so I've been doing this my whole, <laughs> I've been improvising my whole entire life. Amazing. <laughs> Every uh, time yeah. I talk
1: to a teacher, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I. You know the the interesting thing. Is that as I like um, got into it? I started telling everybody in the in the scene, the music scene, especially the um, uh, the hip hop scene, was like, "There's this thing that we already do. <laughs> Come through to this place, you'll transition into like doing." comedy but it's based on what we already do type of thing so so,
1: so funny because yeah. you're from toronto normally raps would be like don't fucking tell anybody about yeah, exactly <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't care what those are. guys at flemo park think we're not yeah. doing it with them
0: <laughs> yeah for me it was like i i need more rappers around me so we can so we can do even some more like freestyling in the comedy and stuff so i i always encourage especially now i i meet people but like you said the, the art of the freestyle has, has drastically changed and is diminished a, a lot. So, uh, um, oh, was that the
1: question are... I asked? That was like 20 minutes ago. I forgot what the question was. No, <laughs> no, it was, it was,
0: uh, it was a, st- a statement. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, I get it. Uh, listen, um,
1: before you, I know you got to go, you have a meeting in like seven minutes, but like, um, explain this picture for me, please, because I think it's dope. Uh, He's the chillionaire.
0: Uh, <laughs> so, um, Uh, Addy um, uh, Atully did that image for me. Um, I've always been into art, but I didn't believe that my art was very good. (laughs) So I I went to Addy and I was like, here's this this image I have, can you make it good? And uh, um, uh, he took it. What I'm holding there is a mic saber. So you wrap into the microphone Ah. and that's how the the energy comes out of it, right? That's uh, that's my Jedi um, uh, weapon of choice. You're only uh, and, on
1: like one third power there, buddy. Yeah, no, third. no.
0: I, I, just That's just me opening my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just, Someone said the word fat out." To... <laughs> it's got a third charge now. It's going, ah, it's going well. Wait till I start rapping. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and at the time too, um, a lot was changing uh, for me in my in my own mindset of like what success was. Uh, I'd always said to myself, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 35. But I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't know why that was important to me to be, to have a million dollars, you know, uh by the time you 35, mind you, this, and I was, uh, so a couple of years ago, a million dollars. And I was like, Oh, okay. So are you, are I'll bananas? still
1: take it. It's still you, enough. You, it. you, can, yeah. you can get some groceries with it or something. <laughs> you're you're you know? looking to buy an
0: apartment out <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> type of thing. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was um, then I kind of realized at 35, I was like, you know, what I actually want to do is I want to be able to like be cool and chill in my life. I think that's, that's what I actually want. I want peace, <laughs> peace of mind. And I thought yeah. that a million dollars would earn you peace of mind in the pursuit of that. I met so many people with much more than a million dollars who were not happy, who were just like, you know, in more pursuit of more, and more stuff. And I was like, Oh, okay. I think I found a place for, for myself mentally that I'm in a much more chill zone. And that is worth my million dollars. Right. I think, totally. uh, Yeah. You
1: know, it's funny that you say that because, um, the, um, the pandemic made me realize something and that's, um, like I ended up on this, like Olympian writing schedule (laughs) starting in like the beginning of the pandemic. So now I write and like rhyme and sing like for like two hours a day for the last two years. And I'm 45. Um, and I noticed that when you're not motivated by, aesthetics and material things the art is so much better yes like when you literally don't even think of, I'm making something called the midlife mixtape for my children <laughs> 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 you know when daddy's dead they can play it or use it as a coaster or something at their dinner parties but like you know I, I made it for them and all of a sudden I realized two things one thing is that rappers that fall off at age 38 it's because they just stop working yeah. And the second thing is when I'm motivated not to care if the, if the song is 3 minutes so that radio ads can exist, I'm so much happier. Yeah. <laughs> and the music is better. You know, I'm and still you, not going to be you, fucking well better. known, but like I'm
0: having fun, you know? It doesn't even like like the the crazy thing is how much better I'm sure you've gotten um uh just because you you have that mindset, right? Of like I'm not trying exactly. to attain this thing, therefore please this which is a good
1: thing i'm not trying to attain that thing because i don't know if the market is ready for 45 year old white guys who live in the forest in canada
0: you know what <laughs> you know? listen uh eminem is how old is eminem now that'd be in his 40s 48 like, yeah, like, like yeah like like uh yeah but dude years. i'm a
1: white rapper between the uh in the dark in the in the dark ages between um vinyl ice and eminem like you just, I don't know. He just, he walks out, it comes back, it's yeah. like bell bottom. I'm just saying, at the time, at the time, it wasn't that easy. No, <laughs> it really no. wasn't. Listen,
0: you <laughs> were out there in the woods, and then it was like, oh, my, my who do you, vanilla ice? Oh, man. But here's the funny yeah. thing. Vanilla Ice is back, right? Been back. So. He's doing halftime
1: <laughs> shows for two years now.
0: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? So at the end of the day, it's like uh, uh, you're vintage now. You're retro. Go, Ugh. go get that money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: su- well, speaking of vintage and retro, dude, you're going to be doing your thing for a lot more years. I know it. Is there anything happening for you right now? Um, any any shows? Any Second City? Style? I know it's tight with. I, it's just loosening up now. I think. Um, so, yeah. W-
0: I mean, um, I uh, I do teach at Second City. If you ever want to come through and uh, and do some improv check out secondcity.com toronto uh i'm uh, working with bad dogs theater right now um doing um their um uh, uh, incubator program I- i'm gonna have a show coming out in i believe it's in may uh mid-may i'm not sure of the dates yet uh but it's going to be um like a fractured fairy tale Uh, with a lot of uh, uh, musical fractured fairy tale improvised show um, where we get a suggestion from the audience of something that's happening in the world today. Oh, gosh, I already know what what, what the suggestions are going (laughs) to (laughs) be. And then we turn it into a fractured fairy tale. Uh, Just um, plant me in the audience. I'll give you (laughs) James, what's happening? (laughs) I'd like to talk about... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Ukraine>? <laughs> wonderful <laughs> uh but yeah it's one of those uh uh things where and I'm, I'm teaching uh improvisers to rap because not enough rappers have taken me up on getting into improv yo get hey i improving. sent you that curriculum so thing
1: how much did you steal of that for <laughs> to, to be part of your curriculum no no do you remember that oh though, no, we were gonna you know do- what yeah
0: you know what we we were working on on that back and forth back in the day and stuff uh um uh i teach um, improvise uh, uh, freestyle uh, raps at Second City. I worked with uh, oh, also a, a guy D- Douglas Wittick from New York. Uh, he's in uh, North Coast. It's um, uh, a New York freestyle uh, uh, improv crew. You should check it out. It's actually oh, really innovative, right? Uh, 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 younger white guy, but like the dude. I was like, whoa, what are you doing? This is what <clears throat> what I've been trying to get done in Toronto. For the longest time, so I worked with him. I remember like stuff we had worked on, and I've just been like kind of mashing curriculum together, uh, and like, but also getting on the ground, working with kids, mm-hmm. working with adults. At this point in time, I can teach any adult how to rhyme in six weeks, and like, yeah, for kids,
1: kids too. Linguistics, yeah. um, speech impediments. It's 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 known now for like that freestyling or that that kind of phonical. 7%. I don't think that's. Word, I have a you know, speech but, like... impediment.
0: I have a lisp, and. Mm. Uh, I, but you still I, sound crisp. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I get the reference. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> um, good. But it's like, but like, but for me, every time I speak, I literally I am thinking of my s's, right? Uh, you can tell when I I don't drink. So when I have one drink, you're like, oh, there's that yeah. list. <laughs> it's it's totally there. I don't
1: I don't drink anymore it. either. And what what I've learned um, about uh, per, uh, like enunciation is punching. Vowel words, uh, instead of instead of uh melting it into the whatever last word you said. So yeah. instead of throw away, it's like throw away. You know, yeah. it's like you punch it out. I just discovered that on my own, which makes me, you know, a guy that doesn't read.
0: <laughs> <I punch laughs> you don't read out loud, but now you do. Yeah, now you do. No, that's right. <laughs> read out loud. Listen, proud. fat yeah. out,
1: buddy. I know you gotta go, man. I, I know you have a meeting. Um. But uh, it was great catching up with you. Next time I go into the city, we'll see if we can get together for what the fuck did you drink again? Milk and orange
0: juice? What was oh that? Oh God! Uh, uh, orange juice and diet and diet coke. Uh, it was called a fat owl. Uh, yeah, I, I no one else I, wanted it. I'm too old. I'm too old for that now. Diabetes. We we'll, 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 I'm. I'm running away from diabetes as we see. Okay. Good. So. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, so don't could, let it catch me. Ch- chill on the uh, the OJ. <laughs> All
1: right. Fat Al, man. Thanks for coming out, brother. We're, we'll we'll talk soon and we'll we'll get you back on the show in the next few months or so.
0: Most FJ's Peace. All right.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Dude, that was fat Al. I I um he's one of my favorite people. Um just a dope guy to to talk to, to hang with, and 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 to watch perform. Um God made me funky. He's at second city. Um, go to secondcity.com or .ca, I'm not sure what he said, you'll figure it out, um, and uh, and and look up Fat Al, the improvisational class, um, is something that I'd be doing right now if I lived in Toronto. So, uh, big shout out to Fat Al, um, we have uh, a show on Monday, and I don't want to say who the guest is yet, because um, it's going to be a surprise, and yeah, I can do that, because it's my show, so fuck it. Uh, my name is James, this is Black Ball, thank you for watching, and we are off.